Hey, this is Caleb Cole, pastor of Project Church in Sacramento. And man, I am so excited for you to hear this word. I believe God is going to encourage you, strengthen you, and challenge you through it. So get ready to receive from God today. Matthew chapter 28, verse 1 says, Now after the Sabbath, toward the dawn of the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothing white as snow. And for fear of him, the guards trembled and became like dead men. But the angel said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he has risen as he said, Come see the place where he lay. Our Savior lives, church. Let's give him some praise. He conquered death, hell, and the grave. Our God is alive. Man, I hope you came into church today ready to receive something from the Lord. I know it's Easter, but I believe God has something for you. He wants you to leave here different than you came in. So as you're seated this morning, turn to your neighbor and tell him, you came to the right place. Tell him, you came to the right place today. And you can be seated, church. Come on, can we give it up for the best worship team in the world here today? Our production team that worked so hard this week. Man, thank Brandon Leak for being with us too. Came all the way. It actually flew in this morning. Come on, make some noise for Brandon. Sharing that spoken word with us. So great to have all of you here if you are new. My name is Caleb and I am one of the pastors here. And uh, I'm just grateful, thankful to be able to share from God's word with you. To be able to celebrate. Uh, that uh, we serve a Savior who lives, who's alive. And today we have themed the day toward the dawn, but a little sub-theme that I believe God wanted me to share today with you is to make room for the new. And so I want to share a few new things that are happening here at Project Church. First of all, we've been in an amazing season of growth. Um, Pre-Easter, obviously Easter Sunday, full in the room today. But we've been experiencing a lot of growth in our two services. And so we, starting next week, are permanently adding a third service. And so we have changed the times completely. And so we don't want you showing up too early or too late next week. So here we go, 8.30, 10.15, and 12. These are our new service times. So make sure you lock it in your head, in your phones. Um, and little incentive, if you come to the 8.30, you get free drip coffee from Blueprint. So we're trying to get you here early. So little incentive, free drip at the 8.30 a.m. service. If you come to the 10.15, you got to pay for your drip, okay? But I want to share also with you another new thing. Um, we are getting ready as a church. Part of our vision statement is to make all people or find, help all people to find life and freedom in Jesus. But our mission is... Um, is making disciples, loving people, and planting churches. And so we planted a church in West Sac, and then we are right now getting ready to launch an all-new campus in Rockland. So we have a vision night coming 
May 1st, two weeks from today at 5 p.m. We're going to be meeting at William Jessup for that night. And we're just going to be casting vision. Chrissy and I will be there, some of our team, and uh, just preparing for this campus that's going to be launching um, in the near future. And so if you're interested, you live up there, you know someone that does, please invite your friends. Also, you can sign up on the Church Center app, register just so we can plan for how many people or through our website. So thank you guys. We're really excited to be taking the gospel further. We believe that the best way to make disciples is through new churches. And so we're going to continue to plant churches um, in the future, and we're excited to launch Rockland. But today, I believe God wanted us to make room for the new. And so I just read to you Matthew 28. I want to also read a scripture from Leviticus chapter number 26. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. Usually, when I come to Leviticus in my Bible reading plan, I, re- I read the Bible through in a year every year. I just kind of breeze by it. Sometimes skip it completely because Leviticus, there's a lot of laws and things in there. God is speaking to the Israelites. But God brought me to this text for us today. And I want to read verse 8 through 10. It says, five of you shall chase a hundred, and a hundred of you shall chase 10,000. How many know we're better together? There's strength in numbers. And your enemies shall fall before you by the sword. I will turn to you and make you fruitful and multiply you and will confirm my covenant with you. Watch this, verse 10. This is what I want us to focus on today. You shall eat old store long kept and you shall clear out the old to make way for the new. How many know in order to receive something new, you got to clear out some old things? And I believe today God is going to challenge us in this place It is a dawn. We theme this day toward the dawn, making room for the new. Why? Because when new days come, new opportunities come. And I believe God has brought us to a new season as a church. He's bringing you to a new season in your life. But you cannot step fully into the new if you don't let go of some of the things of the old. If you don't make room for the new by removing the old. But can I be real with you? I love old things. You know, as I've gotten older, the more I'm attached to the things of old. I always say, like, the good old days when I grew up in the 90s. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, child of the 90s, my kids, they have Nintendo Switch, and they play all the new games. But I just get the Switch, and I download the old games. I'm playing Mario all day long, the original Super Mario. Mike Tyson's Punch-Out. I don't want any of these new games. I'm about the old. It's the same way with music. I don't got time for these new songs today. I'm still rolling through, you know, Sacramento, listening to Third Eye Blind, you know, that semi-charm kind of life. Like, that. I'm just, I'm the throwback kid, you know. I'm still listening to my Usher uh, throwback. I'm, I'm, I'm caught up in the old, why? Because I just, man, the older I get, the more I like the old. In fact, I remember as a young man, I like 26-year-olds because that's who I married. I married a 26-year-old. But now my wife, she's 40. So I like 40-year-olds, church, man. I'm about those 40-year-olds. My wife's Asian like a fine wine. Oh, there she is. She's over here. Asian like a fine wine. I'm about those 40-year-olds now. Come on. I'm glad you laughed. I didn't know how that was going to go. That could have been taken awkward this whole morning. She looking 
great today. Woke up, got her outfit on. I said, my goodness. I mean, look at her. She's looking like she's straight out the 70s. Talk about liking the old. She got bell bottoms on, flower shirt. But how many know we get stuck in the old, caught up in the old? I get stuck in the things of old. I don't want to step into the new. But I believe that God wants to bring us to new things. Like new is good. There's a blessing in new, new vision, new dreams, new purpose, new opportunities. And I think that some of us in this room are living on the faith of yesterday. And then we wonder why we feel far from God or we feel like God doesn't speak to us anymore. We may be living on our parents' relationship with God. We may be living on that one moment we had when we first came to know Jesus and, and, and we're holding on to that and we wonder why we just feel farther from God than we used to. I think so many of us are stuck in the old and God's wanted to say to us today, you have to make room for the new. So I want to ask you a couple questions today. First, will you make room for the new things that God wants to do in your life? Because I believe there's a new day dawning. There's a new day dawning toward the dawn. It says that the women walked to the tomb toward the dawn of the day. There's so much exciting and opportunity that comes along with something new. And yet too many of us are stuck in the old. The good old days. The old opportunities. And we have to make room for the new. I want to share a few things, a few thoughts with you today if we're going to make room for the new in our lives. I wanted to tell you today, you have to stop living in the dead season. Hear me, church. Stop living in the dead seasons of old. So watch this. It says that the women, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary, were going to the tomb to find Jesus. Why? They were going there because they wanted to um, treat his body, his dead body. They were looking for the old Jesus, the dead Jesus, the crucified Jesus. But when they got there, what did they find? They found a new Jesus, an arisen Jesus, an alive Jesus. They found a Jesus that was not dead. And yet some of us in our lives, we're living in the dead seasons of old. We're stuck in the failures of our past. Something maybe died in your life. A dream died. A vision died. A plan died. Maybe even your faith died and we're stuck in that dead season. And so we actually begin to see everything through the lens of death. Imagine if our Savior had died and just stayed dead. We would only focus on a dead Jesus. But that's why Easter is so powerful. Because Good Friday we say, look what he did on the cross. But three days later on Easter Sunday we say, he's not dead, he's alive. Our Savior conquered death. I'm here to tell you, we got to stop seeing our lives through the dead seasons. Stop seeing our lives through the lens of death. I'm telling you, some of you got to get, get the skeletons out of your closet. <laughs> and you got some. But I believe that 
God wanted me to declare over this church today that your identity is not one of death. Your identity is one of life. Jesus said, I came to give you life and life to the fullest. He didn't say, I came so that you would get stuck in the season of old. I didn't come so that you would get stuck in the failure of your past. No, I came to give you something new. But I think that often we, we get this mindset that if I let go of the old or I move some of the old out, some of the dead things out, then I'm going to have a hard time finding the new. Let's be real. You let go of a dream, how do you find a new dream? You let go of old vision, how do you find a new vision? You let go of that relationship that you know is toxic and you thought you could fix them. And God's saying, oh, let go of it. But how do I find a new person? Here's what I want to tell you, church. The new will find you. You hear me? The new will find you because what were the women doing? You see, the new finds you as long as you live faithful to Jesus. And so some of you are worried if you let go of the old, let go of the old things, the things of old, the dead things in your life which have become your identity, have become the whole lens through which you see your life. If you let go of them, you'll have nothing new in your life and there'll be this emptiness. But I want to tell you, the women were being faithful to Jesus. They thought he was dead, but they were being faithful. They went to the tomb to treat his body. They went to the tomb to worship him. They went to the tomb to show their devotion to him. And what happens? Jesus comes to them. I want to tell you right now, church, if you stay faithful to Jesus, the new will find you. Stay faithful to him and the new will follow you. We always compare the new to our previous frame of reference, don't we? And I've seen it so often that we're not ready for the new season. That's why I'm challenging you today to make Room for the new. Get rid of the old. And often what it is, because some of you are like, well, Kayla, how do I make room for the new? How do I remove the old? Here's what it is. You surrender. You live your life surrendered to God, and he'll show you the old things that need to be removed, and then the new will find you. He'll bring you to the new dreams, the new vision, the new opportunities, the new jobs, the new relationships. He'll bring them to you as long as you're faithful to him. So live surrendered to your Savior. Why? Because if you're not ready for the new, then you're going to bring the same patterns into the new relationships that you had in the old relationships. You're going to bring the pain of your past, which will hinder you from the opportunities and the relationships that God is bringing into your present, into the new season that he has for you. So can we get the skeletons out of the closet? Can we let go of the pain of our past? Can we allow God to take it and remove it and and, and use it? Because he uses everything, even the dead things. Even the hurtful things, even the painful seasons, he uses them all. We have to stop living in the dead season, church. We also, if we're going to make room, we have to manage our expectations. And I love that in this room on Easter Sunday, there's a lot of expectation in the house. I see it in your eyes. You're just like, yes, I'm ready to receive. Like, what does God have for me? And I felt it in worship. 
But I want to read a little further. I read chapter 28, but I'm going to read a little further. I'm going to read verse 16 and, or sorry, 7 and 8, 7 and 8. He's speaking to the women, Mary, the two Marys. Then go quickly and tell his disciples that he has arisen from the dead. And behold, he is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him. See, I have told you. So they departed quickly from the tomb. Watch this. With fear and great joy. And ran to tell his disciples. They ran from the tomb with fear and great joy. You ever walked into a new season? And there's fear and great joy. You walk into a new opportunity and what happens? Fear and great joy. You walk into a new job, fear and great joy. That's what happens when we step into the new. And this is why we have to manage the frustration of expectation. Because often we come into new things, new opportunities, new seasons, and if we don't attach ourselves to the right things, the wrong things can actually pull us back into old way of thinking. Now, you're going to have fear, and that's okay. But I wanted to tell you that we attach ourselves more to the great joy than we do to the fear. Imagine if the women had got caught up in the fear. Like, they hadn't seen Jesus. They just had an angel tell them about Jesus. Imagine if the women had been like, I mean, I mean, there's joy because he told us Jesus is alive, but what if he really isn't? Like, there's joy because we just saw that the tomb is empty, but what if he's actually still dead and someone took him? The fear could have hindered them from following what God had for them. But I believe that they allowed the great joy to trump the fear time and time again. And I need to tell you, church, you will have fear when God brings new things into your life because you're human. But you'll also have great joy. So can we manage the, the frustration of the expectation that we have in our lives by fixating on the joy and not the fear? Because the Bible tells us God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of a sound mind. You are not meant to walk in fear. You're meant to walk in faith. And we live in the most fearful generation in the history of the world, I think. There's more anxiety, more meds, more stress, more suicide than ever. Why? Because we've let the fear overtake us. And I want to tell you right now, let the joy be what you place your expectation in. I don't put my expectation in the fear. What could happen? What might happen? What, what, what potentially could happen? No, I'm walking in the joy of what God can do when I trust in him. When I was a freshman in college, I went to prison. And I know I don't look like it, but I was playing basketball uh, I was a freshman on the basketball team. I'm 18 years old, and they asked us to go into prison and play the basketball team. <laughs> you guys didn't know where I was going with that. So, so I was a freshman in college, and our basketball team, we got invited to play the prison team. And I'm in Springfield, Missouri at the time, and so we go into this prison. It's a serious lockdown prison, and I'm going in, and I got to be real with you. Basketball is basketball, but basketball in prison is different, all right? 
And so I walk into prison. I got to go through all the metal detectors, and they got a background check us and all that. And we get into it, and they got a legit court with referees and scoreboard and everything. And we walk in, and I look across the court, and they had multiple dudes whose arms were bigger than my whole body. And I'm going to be real with you. While there was great joy to hoop, there was a whole lot more fear in that moment. I said, I don't know, prison ball. All these, these dudes work out for a living. I'm 18 years old. I weigh 155 pounds. The fear overtook me. But guess what happens? You get on the court, and the ball is tipped. Okay, you guys don't know one shining moment? Okay. I get on the court, and once that first shot went up, I realized basketball is basketball. The hoop's the same size. The ball dribbles the same way. It might be a little rougher, but we can do this. And we gave those prisoners the work that day, church. But how many know we're always, ma we're always managing the tension of fear and joy in our lives? Every day. And I know that some of you have an inclination to stay stuck in the fear. And I wanted to challenge you today that a mindset that God's people have is one of expectation for what God can do when we walk in the joy that he's called us to. And so I started praying a prayer, a, a different prayer lately. Because uh, I used to try to pray my problems away. Do you guys do this? Like, God, just don't give me any problems. Or I get a problem, like, God, take this problem away right now in Jesus' name. This is not of God. I reject it. I rebuke it. Every problem. But can I be real with you? I started to pray a different prayer lately. I started to pray, God, increase the quality of my problems. Y'all don't want to pray this, but you're going to go home. You're going to do it now. What do I mean? You see, I think we're so often trying to pray our problems away. And they're things that God is using to create opportunities for us to know him more and to make him known. The problems that you walk through, church, are opportunities for you to press in to the presence and the power of God. I'm here to tell you, every problem that I walk through brings me closer to Jesus. And every problem that I walk through, he takes it, he redeems it, he turns it into my testimony, and before I know it, my problems are pointing more people to him. And so instead of praying away our problems in this life, what if we said, God, increase the quality of my problems and help me to have your perspective that I see it not with fear, but with joy. And the scriptures actually affirm this for us. They, they tell us all the time, it says, consider it pure joy, my brothers, when you face problems, trials, tribulations of many kinds. Why? Because in it, the testing of our faith develops perseverance, perseverance, faith, and faith, hope. Your problems were, were not meant to be prayed away. They're actually a blessing from God if we see it with the right perspective. He'll turn it into joy, and he'll take it, and he'll use it for his purposes. You know, if we're going to make room for the new, we also have to make sure we don't get locked in a lie. You ever been locked in a lie in your life? 
I've been locked in some lies in my life. I want to jump forward to verse 16 and 17. Now, the disciples have seen Jesus in the flesh. He appeared to them. He showed them that he is real. And he's giving them a final charge. It says in verse 16 of chapter 28, Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him. But some doubted. Did you see that? Wait, 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 hold up, Caleb. So the disciples saw Jesus crucified. They saw him die. They heard him cry to Telesai, it is finished. They saw him put in a tomb, buried. And now they're seeing him in the flesh. They're worshiping. They see the marks on his, on his hands and, and the, the nail holes in his feet. They're seeing him in the flesh. They knew he died. They see him alive, and yet still they doubted. How does this work? How does this make any sense? And I read it this week, and it struck me again. I said, I don't understand. Why would they doubt? You see, the disciples were stuck in a lie. What lie were they stuck in? They were locked in the lie of the original vision that they had for the Messiah. Hear me, church. The original vision that they had for the Messiah was that he would come down to usher in an earthly kingdom. That he would come down and he would establish Israel as the power once again. They would usurp the Romans. They would get them out and they would rule the Middle East and Israel would be restored to its rightful place as the rulers of the region in which God had placed them and beyond. And so the lie that the disciples were stuck in was that this Messiah, Jesus, was meant to establish an earthly kingdom. The problem was he came and he died, and then he rose again. He's like, no, no, no. I'm not doing an earthly kingdom that's for one nation. I'm establishing a heavenly kingdom that's for all nations. I'm not establishing an earthly kingdom that's for one tongue. I'm establishing a heavenly kingdom that's for every tongue. They were locked in the lie of the vision they had for the Messiah. But how many of you know, sometimes God has a different plan than you do. Sometimes God's vision for your life is different than the vision that you had. And in the same way today, church, some of you are disappointed that the vision you had has not come to pass. Maybe you're locked in the lie of the vision you had for your life, and God's got something whole, a whole different vision than you had for yourself. I want to tell you right now, let go of the lie. Let go and submit yourself, surrender yourself to the God that's got a new vision that maybe you ever thought was possible. You know, this week, Coachella happened. I don't know if you guys pay attention, but, but I saw Coachella happen and Harry Styles was performing. I read about this. Harry Styles got up there. I'm not a big Harry Styles fan. I don't know much about him. I just know his kids' bop versions of his songs. Um, because I got little kids, so we listen to the kids' Bob version. Uh, but, but Harry Styles got up. In fact, Coachella, speaking of Coachella, Chrissy looks like she's ready for Coachella today. <laughs> I'm sorry, I just had to get her today. But Harry Styles got up, and during his performance, he shouted at one point, All men are trash. And the place went crazy. Applause. Ruckus applause. 
cheering, yelling, yeah, all men are trash. Can I tell you something? This is a lie that the enemy wants to put in the hearts of the young people of this generation. It's a lie that would separate men from women. That while, while I believe in, in elevating women and elevating their voices and, and, and speaking through women, I don't believe that men are trash or that God doesn't have a plan for us as men. So men, hear me today. You are not trash. You are lions called to be leaders of your families and your cities and your, and your churches and the people around you and your jobs. And so men, I'm here to declare over you life. The vision for us is that we would lead as men of God, pointing people to God with our eyes fixed on the Savior Jesus, with the word of God in our hands and on our tongues. And I believe there's a generation trying to tear down the men. And God's saying no longer. Now, don't don't get it twisted, ladies, because I'm for you too. In fact, last year, after seven years of Project Church and me preaching every Easter, God spoke to me and said, Caleb, 99.9% of churches on Easter Sunday are being spoken to by men. Let Chrissy bring the word. And so last Easter, for the first time in the history of Project Church, Chrissy brought the word on Easter Sunday. Why? Because women of God are called to have a voice and to use their voice. How can I tell this? Because I look at scripture and right here, the first evangelists were the women, the two Marys. Jesus revealed himself to them and said, go tell my disciples who are in hiding that I'm alive. Ladies, you have a voice and God wants to use it. But we get locked in the lie. We get locked in the lie that that if men are strong, women then have to be weak. Or we get locked in the lie that if women have a voice, then men's voices need to be quieted. No, I'm here to tell you, church, at Project Church, we are dynamic, strong men and women of God. Leading together, speaking together, taking authority together, and and, and thwarting the, the works of the enemy together. Men and women together, look around the room. The men and the women, God has a call for your life. Don't don't buy into the lie. We're locked in the lie. I think we get locked in the lie of our own visions and dreams, the lie of our own limitations. Maybe your limited vision may be limiting your potential because some of you have locked yourself in the lie that you don't have anything good to offer to God. You're locked in the lie that you don't have gifts and talents and abilities, that God hasn't put everything in you that you need for this moment in time to do all he's called you to accomplish. No, listen to me, church. Everything you have is everything you need. He's given it all to you, and he's going to use it as long as you keep your eyes fixed on him. Don't get locked in the lie to limit your potential, church. For some of us, we're locked in the lie of doubt. Your unwillingness to step into faith because you were hurt by the church. Because you were led by a leader that was immoral. You're locked in the lie of doubt because the enemy keeps speaking little lies to you, telling you, no, this God thing is not really real. Some of us are locked in the lie with an unwillingness to part from the vision that we had 10 20 years ago, and I just want to challenge you, church, because I believe our doubt is blocking our potential. 
Now listen, it may feel like you're losing things. How many know when, when you make room for the new by taking out some old things, it feels like you're losing some things? Like I've moved some things out of my life, and, and I get attached to those things. And so when I move them out, it feels like I'm losing things. But I wanted to tell you today, church, that you didn't lose it. God really is the one that moved it. And so we need to pray the prayer and say, God, move it. If it's not from you, move it. If the vision isn't from you, move it. If the vision isn't led by you, move it. If what I'm doing isn't where you, what you want me to do, move it. I'm asking God to move some things out of my life. Everybody say, move it, God. You can't receive new miracles with old mindsets. You can't receive new harvest if you won't let go of the old harvest. And some of you are living on the faith of yesterday. You got some stale faith in your life. And God's saying, let go of the old ways because I've got a new thing that I'm doing in this church. I got a new thing that I'm doing in your life. I got a new thing that I'm doing in your faith. How many know, though, if we're going to make room, we have to recognize that the old isn't always bad. It's just a season for the new. Sometimes the old isn't really that bad. It's just that God's got something new for us. So as the keys come back and I get ready to close, I want to ask you the question. Are you running from God or are you running toward God? On this Easter Sunday, when you came in here on April 17th of 2022, did you come in here because you're running from God or you're running toward God? Maybe you got a drug in here. Maybe your mom made you come. Maybe you thought that girl was cute, that guy was cute. You thought they might be there. Maybe somebody guilted you into it or it's just what you do on Easter. I want to ask you the question right now. Are you running from God are you running toward God? Because it's time, church, for us to make room for the new. The Bible says that if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. If you are in Christ, you are a new creation. What does that mean? It means that the old has gone. The old has passed away. The old no longer exists. When we baptize people, it's a symbol that the old sinful person I am is being put to death. And I'm a new creation in Jesus Christ, now being raised to life. Today, if you're in Christ, you are a new creation. And I want to challenge you that you would step into the repentance that God has called you to. Why? Because repentance makes room for the new. Repentance, Caleb. We don't use that word in church anymore. Repentance. Listen, I'm not here to make you feel guilty about your failure or your past. I'm not here to make you feel shame around any sin that you have in your life. But I'm here to challenge you. That repentance is something we're all called to. And every morning I wake up and I say, God, forgive me for all the sins that I did yesterday. And the sins I'm going to do today. Why? Because I'm not perfect. And I'm going to mess up along the way. But when I walk with a mindset and a heart and a spirit of repentance, I'm constantly making room for the new. And I'm moving out the old. I don't want that old Caleb. 
I don't want that sinful lifestyle. I don't want that sinful mentality or heart or spirit to be what leads me. No, I want to walk in the new creation that I am in Jesus Christ. So every day, God, I repent of my failure. I'm making room for the new. God's got more for you than the life you've been living, church. I don't care if you feel like you're in a great place with God. He's got more for you. He's got more righteousness for you. He's got more purity for you. He's got greater opportunities for you. Greater dreams. Greater vision. Why? Because His mercies are new every morning. So we titled this day, Toward the Dawn, Making Room for the New. Because that day that the Marys went to the tomb to see a dead Jesus, there was, it says, it was toward the dawn of the day. And I love dawns because it represents new opportunities, new days. And God wants you today to make room for the new in your life. And I know you're here going, well, Caleb, I, I just don't got enough faith. I've tried and I, I just don't believe enough. Listen to me. It's not about how much faith you have. It's about who you have faith in, church. Listen to me. All it takes is faith the size of a mustard seed. That's really small. And God can move mountains. So here, today, I want to declare, it's not about anything you can do. It's about the unending grace of God and what he did on the cross. You don't have to have a lot of faith. Just faith in the right one. Some of you are hearing this message today. You're like, okay, Caleb, tomorrow I'm quitting my job. <laughs> I'm ending my marriage. I'm shaking up, moving out of my house. If that's what you think after hearing this, you missed it. Because hear me, church. The old that needs to be moved out always starts inside of you. That's what I'm talking about. Make room for the new. I need to move out the old harvest. I'm talking about what in you, what old things, what wrong mindsets, wrong attitude, wrong heart do you need to move out so you can fully step into the new creation you are in Jesus Christ? How many know there's never a perfect time to start anew? Some of you have been waiting for the perfect time. Can I just say to you, today's the day. There's never a perfect time. Today's the day. There's never a perfect moment. Why not this moment? There's never a perfect opportunity. Why not this opportunity? There's never a perfect day to say, I'm going to start. I'm finally going to follow Jesus, but it's got to be in the right, perfect circumstance. No. Why not now? Can I ask you today that you would make room for the resurrection in your life? That you would make room for a Savior that died, was crucified, but didn't stay dead. Three days later, he rose again. You see, we can't step into the new until we make room for the resurrection. And we say, I will believe, even if it's a little bit of faith, a mustard side seed of faith, I will believe that my Savior lives. That my Jesus conquered death. So if God brought you here today, you're holding on to something old. I want you to let go of it. I want you to let go. Make room for the new. Let go of the old. 
the old person, the old mindset, the old sin, the old creation. No, it's time for the new. Would you bow your heads across this room? You're here, you say, Caleb, I gotta be real with you. I, I don't know Jesus. I've never given my life to Jesus. Or maybe you say, I've been running from God. I've turned my back on God. I've tried it my way. I've held on to the old, and today, as I step into the new, that starts with me making room for the resurrection in my heart and my life. And so today, Caleb, I'm ready to surrender my life to Jesus. If that's you, heads bowed, eyes closed, no one's looking around. This is just a moment for you and God. And I'm looking because I want to pray with you. If that's you, say, Caleb, today, I want to make room for Jesus in my life. I want to receive him as my Savior, my Lord. First time or rededicate my life. Lift your hand right now. Go. If that's you, put it up. Yes. Hands going up around the room. Come on, church. Give God some praise for these hands that have been lifted. This is the best decision you could ever make. You can put them down. Everybody here, pray this with me. Say, Jesus, I'm a sinner, but thankfully, I'm saved by grace. And today, I'm making room for the new, the new creation that I am in you, Jesus. I'm making room for the resurrection. Come into my life. Change me. Make me new. Renew my mind, my heart, my spirit. I love you, Jesus. I pray all this in your name. Heads bowed, eyes closed. One last thing. You're here today. You say, Caleb, I've been holding on to some old things. And today I want to make room for the new. I want to move out some of the old. I want you to just lift your hand right now. If that's you, you've been holding on to some things that you know you need to let go of. You've been holding on to bitterness, hold, holding on to unforgiveness, holding on to old pain or trauma. You've been holding on to old visions or dreams, and you know God wants to give you something new. Yes, hands are going up all around the room. So, Jesus, today I pray for these that as a sign of surrender have lifted their hands and said, God, I want to make room for the new. I'm letting go of the old. I'm stepping into that which you have for me in my future. I know that I'm a new creation. And maybe, just maybe, you got something else for me than the old mindsets, the old pain, the old bitterness, the old unforgiveness that I've been holding on to. Maybe you got some new dreams. You got some new visions. God, I'm making room for the new today. So God, I pray and I declare new things over this church. New dreams, new visions, new opportunities, new jobs. God, new relationships. God, I declare new over this church today, but may we make room. I want to move out that which is not of you so I can step into the new that you have for me. I pray all this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Come on, give God a shout of praise, church. Would you stand to your feet with me? We're going to sing this song one last time before we go. Let this be our declaration that we're making room for the resurrection and we're walking in the new. Come on, sing with the church. Hey, thanks so much for tuning in to the Project Church podcast. We pray and hope that this message encouraged you, built you up, and gave you life. We want to ask that you would invest right now in what God is doing here in downtown Sacramento. We've just recently moved in to our all-new building in the waterfront, Old Sacramento District. We want to ask you, if you'd like to give, you can go to projectchurch.com forward slash give to invest. Let's see all that God can do through us.